Welcome to Detour to Neverland, where you are the author of your own Disney story. There's a lot of satisfaction in developing ideas into realities. And you can find magic in your everyday life. If you do what you really want to do, you feel like you're playing. How can you write your first chapter today? Dreams are how we figure out where we want to go. Life is how we get there. I'm headed this way. We're your hosts, Brendan and Catherine. Welcome back to Detour to Neverland. Today is episode number 307, and I bet we are your only podcast on your docket today that's talking about Disney Genie. Or probably not. But we couldn't pass up this opportunity. This is a major change to Walt Disney World and Disneyland, so we are giving our fresh and raw reaction to it. As we record this, the news was literally dropped 48 minutes ago, so it's still so fresh to us. We watched the videos that Disney Parks put out to it. We read some commentary online about it, and here we are sharing what we think this means for how we're going to experience the Disney Parks, how you're going to experience the Disney Parks, our questions, our thoughts, our breakpoints that we could potentially see popping up. I want to, I guess, share a caveat before we start. These opinions are subject to change as we learn more information. We may have misinterpreted things right off the very bat. This is just our initial raw reaction. Yeah, this is something that is going to be very different because typically we don't cover news. Typically, um, we just try to stick with like history and facts. So it is going to be interesting to kind of hash out some of our opinions. I also feel like Brendan and I are of a somewhat differing opinion just from some of the first things that I've heard you say. I might be a little more skeptical than you, but we'll get into all of that. There will be a wide variety of commentary, I think. But I don't know, Brendan, let's just start with some of the things that we know. So yeah, if you are not overly familiar with it and you haven't read off up about it, Basically, this is the next evolution of the digital experience for a Disney park guest. This is affecting both Walt Disney World and Disneyland. We'll be both sharing the Disney Genie. Genie is in reference to Aladdin Genie, which I like. Which, yes. I mean, how could you not love that? They picked, I feel like, the most perfect icon character to represent this. Because how can you be mad at Genie? This is a complimentary service off the bat. So most of the things that Disney Genie provides are complimentary, and it's essentially so supposed to be helping you guide you through your day. Well, and I'll stop you there. The Genie app itself and the services that it provides are completely free. So that is the first thing that we're taking away. And I do think it is going to be a very interesting way of planning out your trip, especially for someone. I feel like this is very geared towards someone who is brand new or maybe someone like us who's been to Disneyland a few times, but we still don't quite know the lay of the land or how the you know Disneyland people operate at the parks because we just don't have that much experience. I do think that this is very geared towards newbies. I'm interested in how someone like us who goes to Walt Disney World, obviously all the time, is going to use or handle this app. 
So there you go already. We were just sharing facts, and now you're sharing opinion. No, I'm, I'm, uh, well, yeah, that is an opinion. (laughs) We're talking about opinions and inferences at school right now, and yes, I took it a little too far. Okay, so just to back it up just a little bit, the example that they give during the presentation is basically you go in on the day of your visit or the day before your visit, and let's say you're going to Magic Kingdom, for example, you would pick the things that you are interested to accomplish throughout your day. So you could say, I really want to ride Big Thunder Mountain, Pirates of the Caribbean, Haunted Mansion, and Winnie the Pooh. And Disney Genie is supposed to suggest at what time you should go and get into those standby queues. This is just the flat complimentary service. It mixes in other things such as, hey, maybe you should eat right now. And here's some nearby places, or here's where you can submit your mobile order, or you can join a walk-up list at, let's say, the Plaza Restaurant. They have walk-up availability. Go do that now. Now, most of that you can accomplish right now in my Disney experience, except for the suggestion portion of it, where it basically maps out an itinerary for you based on wait times. And they, again, in that example, they said, all right, Genie suggests that at Rope Drop, If we want to do Big Thunder Mountain, this is the best time to go do it stacked up against everything else. There are other ways that you can build your itinerary that aren't specific attraction based. So they use the example that you can say, I'm really interested in Pixar and Star Wars. And it will try to map out a day for you that lets you experience as much of that as you possibly can. Yeah, it also included showtimes. Which, you know, if that's something that you're trying to piece into your day, that's something that it takes into consideration. And then I guess that's about it. Showtimes, food, and attractions. Yeah. And showtimes you're including like nighttime shows as well. Mm -hmm. Do you think, I don't know if you could tell, did it include anything about cavalcades or any of those types of experiences? It went so fast. I did also notice when it was talking about rides and things that were suggested, I think I saw like a little blurb at the bottom that said like average wait time below average wait time. So again, it's using that tracking of everything to kind of piece your day together. The other last thing that I want to mention as far as the complimentary service is there is a chat portion. So Again, they use the example that you could say, what time does the monorail run until tonight? Which we've actually had to ask before. And Jeannie will answer that if it knows the answer to it. And if not, it will connect you to a cast member who can answer that for you, which my Disney experience does that right now. There's a chat feature in there that I know they have a, I can't remember where that office is, but they have a whole team dedicated to answering those chat questions for you. Well, in the way that he worded it in the video, he he almost said, we will direct you to a cast member. So I wonder if it's something that if the people behind the screen can't answer, if they say, go to town hall and ask those people. That's almost the way that I interpreted it is like, we will direct you to a human. Mm. I feel like there's only so much sometimes that you can do through a chat. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe. I mean, I'd think in specific situations, I'd say you need to go to guest services. You don't, you, that's not how you interpreted it? No. Oh, okay. 
All right, now let's get into the paid services. So Disney Genie Plus service, $15 at Walt Disney World Resort and $20 at Disneyland Resort. And it essentially gets you access to these lightning lanes. Lightning lanes are the replacement for the FastPass queue. I don't know if I'm ever going to be able to call it lightning lanes. I feel like it's going to take a while for me personally. So there was something mentioned about that in Walt Disney World, it would get you like these augmented reality pictures included in the price of your ticket. And in Disneyland, it would include PhotoPass. So I feel like they made that very distinct delineation because PhotoPass is not included in this ticket price in Walt Disney World, which is maybe why it's $5 cheaper, but I don't know. Yeah, that is something that I guess I hadn't really thought about, but they were very specific that PhotoPass was not included in Disney World. But again, that's kind of already what they had set up in Disneyland that when we bought the Max Pass back when we went in 2018, it did include the PhotoPass then, which was a good perk for us. When we went, um, but yeah, so I guess photo pass is still a separate thing here. What did, are we ready to talk about opinions with these augmented reality? Well, I was just going to say that I think the main reason why maybe there's a delineation is because so many of the annual passes in Walt Disney world, or maybe all of the passes in Walt Disney world include photo pass and the magic key program does not include photo pass. I don't think, Right. Ooh, I don't remember. I don't think it does. So, and people are typically coming to Walt Disney World for a longer period of time, and it's harder. They A typical family may not do this every single day mm-hmm. in Walt Disney World, whereas in Disneyland, you're probably, if you're going for two days, if you get it one day, you're probably very likely to get it the second day. That's how well. we did it, at least, when we went. Yeah. Let's go ahead and knock out this other option as well. And then we'll talk about all opinions for the rest of the episode. They also have, for lack of a better term, we're calling it Genie Plus Plus. It's basically (laughs) a set of attractions that are outside of Genie Plus that allow you, it is a one-time payment for a one-time ride. Now, we do not know what that price is. If you look at Disneyland Paris, you can probably assume around $7 to $12 per person, per ride. And it is going to be your huge e-ticket attractions. The ones they reference are Radiator Springs Racers in Disney California Adventure and Seven Dwarves Mine Train in Magic Kingdom. But they didn't, It at least in the examples that he gave, it didn't sound like it included a Smuggler's Run. Smuggler's Run is part of regular Genie Plus. Yes. So I wonder how they came up with this list. Why do you care about Smuggler's Run? I don't. I just feel like wouldn't you attribute that to being like a big e-ticket, like hot commodity kind of attraction in Galaxy's Edge? No, I think the wait times for that are typically less for an hour on both Betus. Well, I, I don't know. I guess it's the newness for me. My question is, we need more information. Where does Slinky Dog Dash fall? It's typically over an hour wait most days. Does that fall into Disney Genie Plus or Plus Plus? Mm-hmm. You know, is there a Plus Plus option in every park or is it only in some parks like Magic Kingdom where there are more attractions? I think Animal Kingdom is a very interesting case study to see how this comes out 
There's only, what, nine attractions there? You would assume Flight of Passage will not be part of Genie Plus, and it will be per ride, per person. But then, is Genie Plus even relevant at that point afterwards if there's only seven or eight other attractions that are included with that pass? I I don't know if he specifically said that, but could you get the plus plus version where you're just paying, let's say, for example, because this is what it told us. If I just wanted to do Radiator Springs Racers and pay that amount, but I didn't want to buy it for the rest of the park for the rest of the day, do you think that's an option? Yes. In that case, I do enjoy that the Genie system gives you choices. It is one more thing to consider when you're planning, but I do think that you can manipulate it to basically do what you want. Yeah. I mean, and, and someone in a family who fly to passage is the only thing they want to do. They're willing, they're willing to wait, stand by the rest of the day. Then that makes sense. You just pay for that one time. Hopefully it still comes out cheaper than buying genie plus for the full day. If you don't mind waiting and standby queues for Everest and Kilimanjaro and things like that, then that's a good option. I guess the other thing that we didn't mention, you as the listener may already know this, but when you do Genie Plus service, it is one attraction at a time, one wait, one return time that you can hold at a time, which is how MaxPass was done in Disneyland. And, and it sounds bad, but it actually worked really well in MaxPass. Well, and essentially FastPass was the same way too, even how? Right? When you booked it, it, you couldn't overlap fast pass times. Yeah, but you could still hold three at a time. This yes, is just holding hold, one. Well, yeah. Okay, so you could hold three at a time, but it's not like your times stacked up to where it was like 10, 10, 15, 10, 30. You weren't just like ping-ponging around. I mean, kind of. It depended on the person, I think, and on how lucky you were able to get. It was definitely available. I, I think it's apples and oranges, holding one versus holding three. I don't think you can really compare it to the old FastPass system. Well, I guess is this a good segue to the opinion portion? I mean, I feel like we've been inter- intermingling opinions all throughout. But if you want to go full out, go for it. All right. Where do we start? <laughs> are you excited for this or are you not excited for this? My initial thought process is, you know, ever since we've moved down, we have not had fast passes. And for the most part, I feel like we've been very okay with that. I think because the wait times and the things that we want to do, you know, we can usually set a limit for ourselves. You know, today we only want to wait 30 minutes or today we really want to do Slinky Dog. You know, I'll wait the 45, whatever. But it's kind of comforting to know that you're waiting with everybody else and we're kind of in control of that and... We've been waiting for a fast pass system in a way to come back, but it's a double-edged sword. I know once the system is put in place in the fall, whenever that might be, that's kind of ambiguous. I bet it's by the 1st, by October 1st, like everything else. Oh my gosh. I almost hope that they wait until after the 1st. I feel like that's a whole other opinion, but it. If you add it on the first, I feel like it's just one more. Well, I don't think it'll be on thing. the first. I bet it'll just be by the first. 
But we have been waiting for some sort of system because we did think for us being locals, it would be nice to plan fast passes, even if they weren't for the big ticket items that we wanted to do, even if it was just a day where we were doing Winnie the Pooh, Space Ranger spin, littler things just to have the fast passes and know, okay, this is what we're going to do today. I feel like with this system, the way that I'm kind of thinking about it now is that we're not going to use this very often and it is going to significantly increase wait times on a day where I might just want to go after school. I guess one other thing we need to mention, just in case our listeners don't know, is that resort guests do still have an advantage in this new Disney Genie system. And it is that you can access the, what we're calling Genie Plus Plus, wait times an hour before everybody else. So at 7 a.m. is when you can get on and access it. And it does seem like Rise of the Resistance is not going to be part of the system at all. It's still just going to be a virtual queue mm-hmm. off doing its own thing. I would assume in California Adventure, Web Slingers will it's be the same. the same thing. Which I do like that the virtual queue is not paid in any way. I don't know how they could do that, but I don't want to have to pay to ride Rise of the Resistance. Which we were a little bit fearful that they were going to do something like that. I mean, we were also fearful that they were going to do a completely paid system like what they were doing in Paris. So here's, I am excited for this. Now, do I think to us, you and I individually, is this a worse system for us as locals compared to the old fast pass system? Probably. We're probably at a disadvantage because like you said, during the old fast pass system, For example, it's five o'clock. We hold a Hollywood Studios reservation for today. Probably we knew we were going after work today. At some point during the day in a typical fast pass system, I would have logged in and just grabbed us a couple of fast passes. Even if it was just like you said, little things. If it was just Little Mermaid, for example, if it was running, or a Toy Story Mania or Alien Swirling Saucers, we just would have grabbed it to say, hey, it's at least something we can do. And if we want to wait standby for a Slinky Dog Dash or Runaway Railway, then we can do that. But I do think for the average guest, this makes it a much more fair playing field. I think we have to look at it as that the FastPass system was so flawed at the end of its life. There were people, and, and we were part of it, we manipulated it to no end. We could get absolutely anything we wanted at almost any time if you just tried hard enough. If you just refreshed and refreshed and refreshed, eventually it would spit one out to you. And the average park goer was leaving an Animal Kingdom. They didn't ride Everest. They didn't ride Flight of Passage. Or maybe they just rode one and not the other, whereas we showed up at 5 o'clock and did both. I do agree that if we're thinking about a vacationer, someone who is in Disney World or Disneyland for an extended period of time, this is a once in a lifetime vacation or something that maybe they only do every few years, even if it's a once a year trip, I think this does allow that person to get a lot more done. I think people like structure and itineraries. It says it's flexible, you know, but I I am worried about, I don't know, just someone like us or a 
a last minute planner still, or even someone who doesn't pay for the plus or the plus plus. And this is why we've already experienced with FastPass that the lines are going to be significantly longer. So I'm worried that, you know, with this paid system, I do think it's going to be really nice. I think it's going to be organized. You know, me personally, I just like to have an itinerary for when I do things. But I'm just worried about for the people who are like, you know, I'm already spending all this money. I don't want to spend 15 more dollars. Or if you have a big family, you know, if you have like six people, that's going to get pretty expensive to add on to your everyday. And I'm just worried for those people that the lines that they're going to have to wait in are going to be just crazy. And I would agree. I'm with you there. I think that for the budget conscious traveler or family who they scraped and they, they just got enough so that they could get their hotel room and get their park tickets and they're there and they're, they're bringing their packed lunches with them. We see those families all the time and they are trying to maximize to get everything they can out of the vacation. I am worried that it puts them as a disadvantage for a couple of reasons. And this is where I get into my potential breakdowns or where this system could not go well. We have seen in the past, and I think most people who have been to a Disney park, you've been on an attraction where the person managing the merge point is just not doing the job that you wish they would do. And especially with FastPass, you would see if the FastPass line got any sort of buildup at all, they would just get that arm out and start <laughs> waving them through. Come on, everybody in the FastPass queue, you are getting on this ride right now. No waiting. And when you're in the standby line, that's when you get into the situations where you don't move for 10 minutes, 15 minutes, 20 minutes, because they are trying to clear that out. Now, with Lightning, I think they are going to emphasize that even more. Because, because you're paying for it. You're paying for it. And the quicker they get you out of Seven Dwarfs Mine Train, the quicker you might go over. And let's just say, for example, Space Mountain is part of the plus plus as well. You might buy one over there. The quicker they get you out of there. You know, it's just a, a rolling thing where they have every incentive to make those lightning people wait as minimal as possible. And that means, like you said, standby goes up and up and up. And again, this gets into the conversation and I've mentioned it on the podcast before. This is where I have problems with the Omni movers being part of this system and with FastPass. When they did a Haunted Mansion, we even said it in our episode, it was specifically designed as a people eater. It moves constantly. In theory, besides waiting for the stretching room, but even that, you know, they have multiple. They, they should be able to churn you through. I guess maybe, maybe let's not use Haunted Mansion. You just, let's use Little Mermaid as an example. Okay. It's an Omnimover. There's nothing stopping you between getting onto the attraction in a normal standby line. So you've seen it right now. What's, what's the most we've waited for it? 15 minutes, 20 minutes since FastPass went away? If oh, that. Oh, yeah. Sometimes, I mean, sometimes, yeah, you just walk right on. That's a nice big line. And you should, in theory, be able to just walk, walk, walk your way through. Barring a shutdown, barring when they have to slow it down for 
you know, wheelchairs, different things like that, just Which random that's, stops. Yeah, and that's all understandable. I don't think any guest gets annoyed with that. But now let's say you got a 20-minute wait for Little Mermaid, and they've got 50 people in the lightning queue ready to get on. Well, they're just going to stop the normal queue pretty much to a standstill, I think. And that's when they just wave it open. And that's not what Omnimovers are designed for. I will say this to I'm blue in the face. Those attractions should not be included in a service like this. Now, I know we are way too far gone. Like, they <laughs> made that decision long, long time ago to include those in FastPass. And we're never going back from that. But it is just frustrating that those are meant to just be people eaters. And we will never get that again. I'm trying to think of my other discrepancies or just other thoughts that I had when they announced this. Well, I, I think the other thing in my mind that I'm very interested to see is where do these attractions fall and what tier they are. So, again, we talked about Animal Kingdom. Let's talk about Hollywood Studios. If Tower and Terror and Rockin' are not part of Genie Plus, why why would you get it? Or or Runaway Railway. I, yeah, they definitely need to be careful about the way that they break this up because even though you are going to get people to pay for the Plus Plus, if you don't have good enough options in just the normal paid, like the Max Pass version, we could say, then it's going to be an interesting mix, I feel like. And that's where I do think for someone who is trying to plan a vacation. We don't know when this is going to release, but this is kind of one more thing to plan for. And I think that some people might really appreciate it, but I also could see it really stressing some people out because you might not know ahead of time what you want to do if you're a super planner. I even brought it up to Brendan when they say things like the resort guests get the early access. That's cool. I'm all for that at seven o'clock. I just imagine myself, so this is me picturing my own visit. It's seven o'clock, which is early <laughs> to us. And I'm stressed out. I'm trying to pick what I want to do. I feel like I'm trying to plan my whole day. And I could see something like this, which is meant to help guests. I could see it being a stressor if maybe people in your party disagree or Can you imagine if you're going to Hollywood that day and you're trying to get a rise of the oh resistance and get a genie plus plus. No. Yeah. I didn't even think about that. So I just feel like, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's one more thing to plan. I feel like any Disney trip, you have a lot that is kind of going through your mind and to not be able to plan it even a day in advance, I think is an interesting decision. I agree that, it's good that you're not doing like the whole 60 day window kind of like they do reser or dining reservations because that was too much. But day of is a little worrisome to me. But that's I, how Max Pass was. And I, I think but you couldn't do it. They even said it in the video. It's the same way that it always was. Once you get into the park, that's when you start making your choices. And that's just for the normal lightning lane if you buy the genie plus that's when you would make your first lightning lane reservation that's 
that's the way that I interpreted it. And that's how it is in Disneyland regardless. Walt Disney yes. World is the only one with this resort guest perk. Yes. And I just feel like it's an added stress. I think the Max Pass version and the way that they're doing it in Disneyland, again, it's very equitable for everyone. I know there's not as many Disney resorts, and I'm sure that's probably why, and it's geared towards locals. So I feel like maybe that's why they're just like, once you're in, you're in, and that's when kind of your experience starts. I mean, do you think that would be a better system in Disney World, or do you like that they're letting people start at 7? Uh, I I don't like that you have to scan in to the park because Disney World has so many other offerings where you could go eat lunch at Disney Springs and not go to the park until the afternoon. And you don't want to penalize those people who are doing that. Or maybe they want to eat a breakfast at Chef Mickey's, but they're going to Magic Kingdom afterwards, but they're going to miss rope drop. So those people are at a disadvantage if they don't get to scan in. Disneyland, I think there's still some offerings. You know, you can go eat at the different resorts or hang out in downtown Disney beforehand, but there's less kind of incentivizing you to go elsewhere besides just scanning in to the park, unless you just want to sleep in. The other thing that I'm curious about, and I, I want to be very careful about how I say this, and this is just me thinking out loud, so I don't think I've really formed an opinion on this, but from a customer service standpoint, how do they handle this? If you buy it, again, I'm going to keep using Hollywood and Animal Kingdom as talking points, I guess, just because I think those are the two that I'm most curious to see. What about how this Epcot? Plays. Well, Epcot too. Okay, let's say Epcot for this example. Let's say you go and it's a summer day, rains all day, test track down all day long. When you go to guest relations at the end of the day, you know there's going to be a lot of families do that who pay for Genie Plus. And they say, you know, I paid the $15 for this, but we're a family for, so I paid the $60 for this. And we didn't get to do test track. How does how do they handle that from a guest relations customer service standpoint? Do they say sorry, subject to availability, or are they starting to have to hand out a bunch of refunds because hey, I paid sixty dollars to ride Frozen and Soren. Don't forget uh, everyone's favorite. Oh gosh, I what is the name of it? The mission mission space. space. I thought you were gonna about to slander Figment and I was gonna be mad at you. Oh no, never that's worth the fifteen dollars right there. <laughs> Just that that one's gonna be top tier. Absolutely. Yeah. I don't know. That's we, where I this think this is where we need to phone our friend Liz. Help us out, sis. What do you think? She wouldn't tell us. <laughs> the other hand on that is for the family who did not purchase it and and the lines were astronomical. Lines were crazy. Is their built-in response just sorry? You should have bought Genie Plus. It, yeah, that's a tough one to answer. It is. Oof, Brendan coming in with the hard questions because I, I definitely think, as always, it depends on who you talk to that day, or you know what you go with. Because I could see it either way. I could see him just saying, you know, sorry. You know, it just kind of is what it is. We don't control the weather, the times, the whatever. 
But the Disney way, you know, where the customer service Disney that you expect is, oh, here, come back. But you can only get away with so much of that. And they have really put their foot down with Rise of the Resistance as far as it is what it is. This is the policy. I'm sorry. You know, and then they kind of push you out the door, not because they're being mean, but just That's just the way that it is. I almost think that in order for this to be successful, they might have to take that approach because once they start making excuses or kind of covering for themselves when the lines get long, then I do think that people could really take advantage of that. And unfortunately, it's just how the world operates and how businesses work. When it comes down to it, they will always try to accommodate the family who paid for Genie Plus. They will be more willing to help them. And that goes back to they're going to have that arm a waving to get you through those cues. At least that's what we're predicting that so we don't know. But that is something that we used to see a lot with Fast Pass. What I really wish, and I, you have to do it on an attraction by attraction basis, but like what I've never. I mean, I understand it to a certain point, but like pirates, you got two loading zones. Just use one for lightning and use one for standby. Do you think the fear is that the lightning would still get somewhat backed up? What I'm wondering is if it's called lightning, it does make it sound faster than fast pass. (laughs) I'm serious. When that's something that I thought about. Is there like a certain time under that people will be expecting to wait? Obviously, if you're paying for it, you are going to probably expect it to be faster. But is it like 10 minutes would be unacceptable? Is it like 15? I'm wondering like what Disney's ideal time frame would be. I mean, what would your, if we pay for it, if we're going for a full day at Magic Kingdom. If I pay for it, I'm expecting to be on every ride within 10 minutes. See, is that going to be the problem with the normal with the normal wait line? I don't know. Because I'm sure anyone else paying that much, you know, for a whole week of vacation is probably going to think the same way. We, you know, we paid for it in Disneyland. And I will say we got so much done. And we even said like it was worth every penny. And, and, and we a would lot have of done that, it again. But a lot of that had to do with PhotoPass, too. That, too. We did enjoy having, because we went to the party and stuff, so we enjoyed all those pictures. Maybe I'm a Scrooge, but augmented reality pictures don't do a thing for me. I know. Are we just too old? Like, is this like a cool new thing that we're missing? Honestly, the other day, I, my Snapchat logged me out, and I don't know my stuff, so I can't even get in. Like, is that the new thing? Are there augmented reality filters and stuff now? I don't know. I don't know. I don't have Snapchat either. But the other thing that I think is worth mentioning is that they are saying that they're going to make some enhancement to the DAS program, including new options to enroll in the program pre-arrival and for DAS participants to select attractions directly in the app. Now, that would eliminate you having to talk to the cast member. Basically, which, you know, I mean, it sounds basically like what the the new system is, this Genie Plus. You're not going to the little kiosk anymore. 
you know, there's... And sorry, I do need to read the next sentence. Okay. These options will be available in addition to our existing in-person DAS program. Uh, so they'll have both. Probably because not everyone has smartphones and stuff. Yeah. I don't know. I, I'm really excited for this from the standpoint of when we go to Disneyland, we will buy this every day. Mm-hmm. There we go, because we need to maximize our time out there. But for Walt Disney World, I think we talked about our best use case is when we're going on weekdays, we typically, well, we never go for a full park day. We'll probably never buy it then. If we're going on a weekend, probably. Well, maybe not probably. Sometimes, occasionally, we will purchase this. I mean, this is something else that popped in my head. We have the golf uh, membership to where we get to go play golf at the courses that they have here and it's $15 for us to play 18 holes of golf. It's $15 for us to ride rides. I don't know. I don't know if that's like a very Scrooge way of thinking, but to me, it seems a little, it seems expensive for a local to go frequently, I guess is what I'm trying to say. They did mention that they are going to continue exploring options of how to maybe incorporate this further into the pass holder program in Walt Disney World and the Magic Key program in Disneyland. I don't foresee that they will ever like include it unless maybe they say like you get one redemption per month or something mm-hmm. would be the only way that I could see them doing it. But I do think it will be... In Disneyland and DCA, you can they're they're more similar. Walt Disney World, besides Magic Kingdom, I don't I don't see how this is overly. I I I don't know. It's worth it if they're not if a lot of the big attractions in the other three parks are not part of the Plus Plus program. But you know they're probably going to choose at least one. You know, Flight of Passage will probably be then in there. I would assume they're either going to do Slinky Dog Dash or Runaway Railway. Because they're the new ones. And then in Epcot, what do they do? If you do Soarin', you got to do Test Track, or you got to do neither of them. Or both of them. Oh, my gosh. Which is? I know what it's going to be. It's going to be Remy. Don't Mm. you think? Yeah, that's a good prediction. I don't know. I I'm kind of up to this. Like they they have me hook, line, and sinker until you get into the individual attraction selections. That's where I'm like, we were we went backwards. We rewound the video. Brendan's like, wait, I gotta listen to that again because they did just kind of whoop sneak that in there. There was no like additional video or explanation. They just kind of slyly. Put that in there, I feel. If that's just what I think. I don't know. Because, you know, when are they reevaluating that? At what point does Seven Dwarfs Mind Train not have the hype anymore and it falls out of this category? Tron. Is it when Tron opens or is it at some, you know, later date? Or is it never? You know, I don't know how they determine that. And sorry, last thing I want to mention. This is the only other thing that I would say. We have noticed. Post opening last summer, more than ever, their wait times are bogus. So my question is, how good is their data that is running all of this? Because 
you see examples all the time. People using the Touring Plans app or people using other applications online or just eyeballing it are getting better predictions of wait times rather than what Disney is providing. Now, I am glad that they normally overestimate it rather than underestimate it. That's when you get annoyed. You thought it was going to be 10 minutes and it was 20 minutes, but they're quoting 30 and it's 20. You feel happy. You feel like you got more bang for your buck. You know, does Disney know that? Or do they have bad data? I would guess that they probably know it. I think they know it. For the same reason that you just said, they want people to be happy. The other part of that, I think, is, you know, I don't know how to word this, but like, are we going to zig when the app tells you to zag? (laughs) You know, they say go to pirates. Well, how many other people are they telling to go to pirates right now? Should we avoid pirates and we should go to the opposite end of the park? You're thinking some real reverse psychology stuff. I know. And that's what I'm worried about is, do they stagger those itineraries? Or is it everybody who put Pirates of the Caribbean on their itinerary? Hey, it's shortest from 730 to 8. We're all going to go there. Well, then it's not short anymore. I do think when they start to get into the whole customizable plans... It's so hard to say. Now, I think because is it going to be custom or is it some sort of like roulette wheel where if you say you like thrill rides, it's somewhat generic? I think it will be specific towards you, but they will put you in groups and try to move you to particular parks, parts of the park that they want you to go to. So they say, hey, Frontierland is packed right now between Splash and Big Thunder. We're not going to suggest anybody else go over there. Let's send them all the way to the other side of Tomorrowland. And it's a lot of crowd control. That does help you with wait times. It, it encourages you not to get into a Splash Mountain line that's 85 minutes. And it's a full <laughs> 85 minutes. And, and that's good. We hear, peop- we hear people come back from vacations all the time and say, oh, I waited an hour for this, an hour for that, an hour for this. Like, I really hate that for you because you didn't have to. Yeah. There were shorter times available throughout the day. You just happened to get in at the peak time. Well, and I guess that's the other thing. Is this new genie going to mess with that? As far as the ebb and flow of things. I don't know. If, yeah. It's just a whole lot of I don't knows. I mean. It is. And I feel like they are taking away, not taking away, but we've seen a lot recently. They're obviously decreasing the use of magic bands of stuff, which is how we think slash know that they've been kind of tracking people's whereabouts as far as lines because they can tell how many people are in a certain area. If that goes away, is it just the app that can tell where people are? The app asks for location services. Whenever you log in. So, yeah, mm-hmm. they, they have that data. Now, I don't know if it's as accurate as a magic band was. It's probably more accurate if I had to guess. Yeah. I mean, because then, you know, that's how they use things like geofencing to pop up to know that whenever you get close to somewhere, they'll suggest something. I don't know. It's It's very interesting. I guess now I just want to see where you're at. Are you excited, moderately excited, 
not excited at all? Like, where do you fall on this? I am excited for Disneyland for the for the knowing that next time probably that we go to Disneyland, this will be available. And I do think it's going to help us kind of plan out, not plan out, but know like where we're going to go and know that the lines are going to be shorter for us because it is something that we're going to pay for. Ultimately, this is a service and an app that we're going to use. I, when it comes to Disney World, I'm more just intrigued on how it's going to work. I'm very interested, you know, the first few days where it's up and running, what are the parks going to look like? I want to be just like a fly on the wall. Oh, I I'll be see, there. Well, I know. Yeah. I want to, I want to see how it works. I want to see what it does to wait times. I want to see what people think about it and just kind of the overall reaction. Does it do really well? And, you know, Disney's patting themselves on the back. Does it flop? And then they have to rework things again. I'm more just intrigued. I mean, isn't that in the back of your mind about like Disney and technology typically don't do well together? And that would be the other thing since people sometimes have a hard time getting res the resistance because of Wi-Fi, because of you didn't know where to click or it's hard to understand. That puts people too at an interesting advantage versus disadvantage. You know who's really happy about this? Fuel rod. More oh people using goodness. their phones, using up that battery. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, I think I am. I guess I'm the same as you. Disneyland. And I know we would feel differently if we were Disneyland locals. And people probably feel the opposite of how mm-hmm. we feel if, if you're in California or if that's the park that you visit more often. But that's what they always had is Max Pass. This is Fancy Max Pass. Correct, except you're pulling out Radiator Springs and these other big attractions. So that's where I think you get, it gets a little hairy. Like, where's Mission Breakout? Where does that fall? But do you think if Disneyland is a locals park, are as many people going to pay the extra for Radiator Springs racers or will so many people just opt for the normal queue that maybe it won't impact them as much? I mean, I would hope so. You would hope that everybody gets together (laughs) and we just all say, we're not doing this. And we all just go through the standby lines and they get us through promptly and efficiently. But that is just not, it's not how it's going to go. People are going to pay for it and, and Disney's going to love it. And that's that's where it gets a little sad because that's where it's the person with the deeper pockets wins in this. Whereas beforehand, it could be the more tech-savvy person or the more committed person. The person who's willing to wake up earlier. Could win. And, and now it's who can pay the most. I want to ride Flight of Passage 20 times a day. You can. You pay. So there's not a limit? I bet there's not. You think they would limit how many times they would take your money? I, I don't know. They limit Rise of the Resistance. Well, that's true. But until Galactic Star Cruiser opens. Oh, my goodness. For the low, low price. Of your firstborn child. <laughs> <laughs> you are guaranteed to ride this ride. 
that's that's just the part where I get a little sad is because it does negatively impact those people who who can't pay this. The wait or times just, will or get just higher. Are being budget conscious. Sometimes when you go to Disney World, you have to make those choices. You can't do it all. You, you can't can buy also, it all. I guess if you're looking for like a silver lining, though, you can also look at it as, hey, that family, maybe they can just pay for seven dwarves. Like that's what they all want to ride. That's the number one thing. And they they get that out of the way. They wait a short time. And then they have more time to do other things in the parks. I think it depends on how you use it. I will say for this, families or groups who are going together, I kind of mentioned it before, but I do think a lot of communication is involved as far as planning ahead of time. What does everyone want to do? What are the must-dos? If a must-do is part of the paid thing, making sure that someone is up and ready and getting it. I think for this app to be super successful for families, there's a lot of talking involved. Like I imagine when your family comes down, it is going to be a bigger conversation. But I honestly don't foresee that that hour for resort guests beforehand being that big of a deal because I don't think they're going to sell out of Seven Dwarves return times. No, I I agree. I just think in order to kind of plan out your day at seven, then you're going to have to know what's what. Like if you have teenagers or someone like me who just wants to sleep in, trying to get those people up at seven and say, what are we doing is going to be a little chaotic. I guess things are just going to keep popping into my head. So we're eventually going to have to cut ourselves off. <laughs> but what does this do to shows? You know, typically fast pass would have been a part of beauty and the beast, a phantasmic a frozen. Does, does genie plus have any part of that to give you premier seating? involved with those or are those just all standby you get a seat based on when you came oh i feel i feel like shows are still so new as far as coming back that i haven't even thought about that because what about character experiences that is something that would eat up fast passes a princess experience a show that was another thing that you could kind of always guarantee being able to get. Yeah. Do you think you'd ever pay for like a character meet and greet? If it was, you know, at the height of Anna and Elsa or something, do you think you, that would be a premium cost? Do you think they would ever do something like that? I, I hope not. That, that to me gets into the territory of like, this is sad. You're, you're gonna make me pay to meet my favorite character. Only if you want to do it faster. Yeah. I don't know. That, that to me, gets in the territory of like that. It's too far. But I could see them putting it just part of the Genie Plus process mm-hmm. where you just get a, a priority line. Basically, the problem with that is, is that using fast passes for character interactions, even, you know, back in the day, using it, it wasn't super fast because it's still... Each family gets their full interaction. It's not, you know, you get to skip a lot of line, but it's it's not as fast as maybe an attraction might be. Yeah, that's fair. I don't know. I'm very curious about this. 
that's kind of where I feel like I'm leaving this. Like my final thought is just, I'm interested. And I want to know what other people think and really think. I don't just want to hear, this is awesome. You know, I, I, well, really, it's, it's, uh, I can tell you by looking at Facebook, it's not, this is awesome. That's not really? how the public feels. Okay. Lots of negativity. Lots of negativity. I feel like to us, we knew this was coming in some sense. And we even have said, like, we wouldn't mind if Max Pass came to Disney World because we did like it in Disneyland. I think Max Pass, Max Pass itself is a system that works there. The, the, I think. I just, one thing, I just want to make the delineation. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. But I'm I did, just, <laughs> I know. I there was the alternative that you could still get the paper fast passes for free. That's just the difference is that now in Disneyland? Yeah. Yeah, that you the free pass, fast pass system always sat underneath Max Pass where if you wanted to go get a paper ticket, you could for free. No way. Yes way. We just didn't do it cuz we wanted to use the app so you didn't have to physically walk to the attraction to get your return time. That's where the max comes in because you're like maximizing fast pass. Okay, well, I need to go like sit somewhere now <laughs> and think about things because I feel like everything I just thought was a lie. <laughs> that that is that is I think where I get frustrated where in that video they compare it so much to fast pass. It's like I mean to max pass. It's like it's not though because I thought it was. <laughs> so now you're sad. I just don't know what to think now. I guess I'm just interested to hear, to see how this goes in Disney World, because I do think the experience at Disneyland and Disney World are so vastly different in so many ways. And I almost think that was why they had two different systems for two very different experiences, because comparing a Disneyland trip to a Disney World trip I, it's so hard. Yeah. And I guess that's the extent of my knowledge now. It is weird that this is kind of the first time that they're using the same process since old school paper fast passes. It's the first time they've been aligned since then. Man, don't you miss those paper fast passes? Those were fun. Those were like. Do you remember when that started? I mean, that was a freaking thrill. When that you got was them a in your thrill. Hand, you had one person in your family who's like the designated fast pass holder. Well, and like running up to the kiosk and, you know, oh, can we get it? What time is it going to spit out? Ooh, 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 I remember what my last thought was. We're approaching an hour, so we got to stop. Oh, wow. Where does guest recovery fall in this? So guest recovery is the term for like if a ride breaks down or if you had a bad experience somewhere, a lot of times they incentivize you with a fast pass in the form of guest recovery. How does that work into this? If you are a non-paying Genie Plus person and you get stuck on... I bet they still give it to you. You think? I think, yes, because coming from someone with no customer service background like me, I feel like that's one of the easiest things that they can give you. They're not, they don't want to give you money. Right, they don't want to have to refund anything. They don't want to have to pay for anything. Uh, they they probably want to avoid giving you money, but they can give you back time, 
which I feel like is what people would probably be the biggest complaint. Like, oh, well, I sat here for 45 minutes. Think of all the other things I could be doing. The fastest way that they can make that up for you is to say, you know, we'll give you this. Now, I don't, I think when they give you that fast pass, quote unquote, lightning round, whatever lightning line, <laughs> um, I think it would probably just be for the generic $15 ones. I don't think they would give it to you for something like a mine train unless that's the ride that you broke down on. But I think that's just the fastest way that they can make you happy. Oh, okay. You wasted 45 minutes. Look, if I give you this lightning line, it you'll make it up and you can carry on your day. Like, I'm so sorry. Yeah. But I don't think they'll give you the, the big guns, the big boys. Which they kind of do now when they give you a guest recovery for Animal Kingdom. A lot of times, unless you were on Flight of Passage, you can't ride Flight of Passage. Mm-hmm. Oh, I feel like we're leaving here with more questions than answers. We definitely hashed some things out. I feel completely devastated now, though, that my idea of Disneyland was false. That's okay. <laughs> I'll recover. You'll rebuild. I will. I will rebuild with this new Genie app. I'm excited just to try it to see like what it plans for me. I feel like it could almost be a game. Like, ooh, can you guess my favorite rides? Or like, can you make my perfect day for me? Like, what are you going to suggest? Do you know that I hate, you know, cosmic rays or these other things? Like, <gasps> What did I'm, you just say? It was just an example. Pizza Fari, you know. <laughs> okay, please can... suggest Pizza Fari. I, I'm, I think that could just be fun to play with, to yeah. see what it comes up with. But. I think my biggest takeaway is you got to have good data. You don't have good data. None of this works. So I hope they've got that part figured out. If you need a data engineer, I have minimal experience, but I'm willing to come on and give it a shot. And I guess that's about it. But we are interested in what you think. So find us on social media, send us a message and let us know. We just want to talk about it with people. Yeah, because right now we've just been talking to each other about it for the duration of this episode plus some. Oh, I'm sure it'll dominate the conversation for the rest of the night. Probably. So thank you guys so much for listening. We will be back on Monday. We're going to do storytelling on Carousel of Progress. We've been putting that one off. I feel like it's kind of a big deal. I know. It's one of those you got to nail it. So no pressure or anything. We will give it our best shot. We hope you will join us for that. We hope you have a wonderful weekend and we will chat with you real soon. Thank you for listening to Detour to Neverland. Make sure you subscribe and leave us an iTunes review if you enjoyed the show. Between episodes, you can find us on Instagram at Detour to Neverland or visit DetourToNeverland.com. We appreciate you letting us be part of your day. See you real soon. <laughs>